0: As the battle for truth in our culture rages, how can we stand for our faith and apply it? Find out on today's program.
1: Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The
0: Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Brose, together with co-host Joseph Kerr, and we are glad to join you today. Today, we're joined by the one and only Eric Metaxas. He has written over 30 children's books, including the New York Times bestseller Bonhoeffer, as well as biographies of Martin Luther and William Wilberforce. He's written groundbreaking books like If You Can't Keep It that we'll discuss today, and the series will focus on the most called Donald the Caveman. His books have been translated into more than 25 languages, and he is the host of The Eric Metaxas Show, a nationally syndicated radio program heard on more than 300 stations across the U.S., featuring in-depth interviews from a wide variety of guests. Eric, welcome to A View from the Wall. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Well, Eric, you have an amazing personal testimony. People can see the video of you sharing your story in more detail at IamSecond.com or on your own website at com. Take a moment as we begin to share the story of how you came to Christ.
2: Well, first of all, I grew up, going to church every single Sunday in the Greek Orthodox Church. My dad is Greek. You know, most important thing to a Greek is keeping the Greek tradition alive. It's almost like a hobby or like a religion, right? (laughs) And so where do the Greeks hang out? Well, usually it's the church. So I went to church. I became an altar boy, but the problem with a lot of churches Uh, You get this. a lot of folks go to Catholic Church, a lot of folks go to Greek Orthodox Church. And usually, not always, but usually they don't download the guts of the faith, like what really it means to have a relationship with Jesus, to read the Bible, to understand what it is to be born again, to walk with him. They somehow maybe assume like you kind of know all that and we're just going to go through the motions and you know, we don't need to do that. And especially in immigrant communities, right? They kind of think like, well, uh, this isn't really about keeping the old home traditions alive. So it almost becomes blurred with, with it's a, it's about being Greek more than about being Greek Orthodox Christian. And so for me, it was a wonderful, warm community, but by the time I got to college, I realized I had no clue what I believed. And this is what I think happens to a lot of people, including in some evangelical churches, whatever you get shoved out into the adult world or into college, which is a hostile, secular environment that mocks serious faith or whatever. So if you're not like totally on board with what you know to be true, you kind of drift, you kind of take in the, you drink the Kool-Aid and that's basically what happened to me. And it's not like, I drank it totally. I didn't become a Marxist atheist. I didn't become some bold sinner, but I was definitely not on any level someone who understood the basics. And by the time I graduated and I went to Yale University, my parents are working-class European immigrants. So the idea that I even got to go to college was was miraculous. It was an amazing gift as the, you know, the American dream. But Yale and other schools like that are absolutely the darkest spiritual places. Everybody thinks they're so great. They're really, in some ways, the worst place you can go if you don't know what you believe. Because what they were 100 years ago or 80 years ago, they are not today. And they weren't when I went there. And so you get the politically correct uh, download from them, uh, very politically liberal or very hostile to evangelical faith or anything like that. So by the time I graduated, I was totally confused. Uh, I drifted away from God. I wanted to be a writer. That didn't really work out. I was just stumbling around. What do you do? How does this work? Whatever. And after about three years of really kind of misery, uh, I ended up moving back in with my parents and I never recommend that because my parents being working class European immigrants are kind of like, like, what are you doing here? Like, didn't we, didn't you go to Yale university? We work menial jobs. So you could go to Yale university and you, you don't know what you want to do with yourself. What's going on. And I always joke around that my, my parents' friends, like the Yale kids would, their, their parents would be like, Oh, Eric's finding himself. And my parents were like, Oh yeah, Eric needs to find himself a job and like, get out of here. What's going on. <laughs> so basically during this time, I met a man he starts talking to me about the faith a lot and I was not really into it, but I was in enough pain that the conversation would continue because I'm, I'm open, you know? And then one night, literally almost a year into this, the Lord visited me in a dream. I've never had a dream like it before or since it was clearly like a vision while I was dreaming and in the dream the Lord completely blew my mind because whatever questions I had or whatever, it was like game over. Jesus is Lord. I've accepted him. And I I say, it's like going to sleep single and waking up married. I don't know what happened, but it happened. (laughs) There's no going back. I know who the Lord is. I mean, it was miraculous. So again, the details which are mind blowing, I, I say to people, please Go to my website, ericmatax.com, and you can watch the video for free where I explain it. But in my book, Miracles, I explain it. I have a book coming out in February where I go into much more depth about my background. But it was, it was overnight, and here I am on my 25th birthday. Suddenly, I'm a different person. I'm the same person, but I'm a totally different person. Most of my friends probably thought I lost my mind. And, you know, I have never looked back. By the grace of God, I have never looked back. But when I think of God's mercy in speaking to me through this dream that was utterly miraculous. I mean, I just have to say I needed a miracle. Not everybody needs a miracle in this way. I really did. My brain was like frozen. I could not see my way intellectually to believing in this stuff. And the Lord just kind of, I always say it's kind of like being in a dark room with no windows and no doors. And it's like the Lord punched through the sheetrock and said, I'm out here. I'm real the, the the your room, that room is not the sum total of reality. I'm out here, but I needed him to punch through the sheetrock because I was just stuck. I couldn't see anything. I couldn't I was just like, where well you know where do I go? I'm at a dead end and it it changed my life so dramatically, and since then all I said is, Lord, use me.' In my gifts. The Lord has given me amazing gifts as a writer and a speaker, or whatever. And I don't say that with pride. I say, like, He has given these things to me. He's, he always gives things to people. The question is, what do you do with it? So for the last, now it's over 30 years, I have been trying to serve Him with these gifts. But I tell you, uh, I never, you know, I, 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 I think of what God's mercy is that He was able to do that for me because I really was lost. I didn't know what to do.
0: Well, this is an amazing story, and we hope you're enjoying this powerful conversation with radio host and best-selling author Eric Metaxas. We'll be right back with more on A View from the Wall. Stay with us.
1: From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. For years, the Farmer's Almanac has speculated about the next year's weather. Every day, meteorologists make weather predictions Financial analysts often forecast changes in the market. These forecasts and predictions are sometimes accurate, but there is an information source that is much more certain. It's the Bible. Bible prophecies are not sometimes true, they are always absolutely true. There are more than a thousand prophecies in the Bible and as no Bible prophecy has been shown to be in error, we can therefore have absolute confidence that the 100 or so prophecies yet to be fulfilled, including the rapture, will unfold exactly as predicted in Scripture. Visit I'mawatchman.com for an abundance of free information on the important topic of Bible prophecy. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. I watchman.com.
0: Welcome back to A View from the Wall. Joe and I have been talking with Eric Metaxas, host of The Eric Metaxas Show. And we're into the series of Donald the Caveman books that you've written. And it's not the deep scholarly research of historical characters like Bonhoeffer that you've done in the past. Describe the books and why you chose to take a humorist approach to these crucial topics.
2: When I was in college at Yale, I was the editor of the humor magazine. Uh, I wanted to be a writer, like a literary writer, but I also wanted to write humor. It's a long story. I want to write for, you know, sitcoms or David Letterman. I, you know, I always had these two sides to me. And so all I could do once I was born again is say, Lord, you've got to lead me because I, don't, I have no idea how this is supposed to work. And so, you know, he led me to write some books about apologetics. He read, led me to write three serious, hefty biographies, but you know, when the president was elected, a friend of mine who really was the one who uh, I've done other children's books with him, he's a genius illustrator, uh, his name is Tim Ragland. He basically kind of convinced me to take a look at the president like in, during the primaries. He's like, Eric, I think you're missing something. This guy's like a folk hero. Have you seen him on Speaking? Whatever. <laughs> so I said, you know, Tim, you and I have done all these kids' books. We need to do a kids' book on a character who's basically this president. Uh, and we need to invent a character and, you know, people see stuff like Trumpy bear, whatever. I don't think anybody got it. I think we got it. I think we created a character called Donald the caveman. He's a happy, positive, hardworking caveman. He's a builder of caves. And then the people kind of come to him because they have a problem. There's this gigantic swamp. And at the middle of the swamp lives the king. He doesn't pay any attention to the people. And they're kind of like wanting to be reconnected to their government. That's the, the short version of it. And so Donald, the caveman says, Hey, it's not so difficult. All you got to do is drain the swamp. And they look at him like, you can't say that. That's like, the, the swamp monsters are going to get angry. And he's like, "Well." You know, we've been angry for quite a while. Maybe it's maybe it's their turn to be angry. So they dig a ditch and they drain the swamp and all the swamp creatures follow the water because it's money. It's all money. The swamp is Mm. green, not with swamp green, but with money green. And they follow it to the horizon. So he drains the swamp. Everything's great. And they say, hey, would you be our new king? And he says, absolutely not. You're free people now. And if you want me to lead, you have to elect me. I'll be your president. Presidents do the will of the people, It's not the people listen to the president like they do to a king. So that was the first book and it was very successful. And it's kind of like a parable because it explains things, but it's also really funny. There's characters in there. A lot of adults will laugh where the kids wouldn't get the the adult political humor of who's in the swamp. And then the second book is called Donald Builds the Wall. And the third one, which just came out, is Donald and the Fake news and uh, it, i mean there's a it 's just a lot of comedy, but i said i 've always written comedy it 's comedy for adults, but it 's in the form of a kid 's book. So mm-hmm. my wife said to me, Eric, these really are kids' books. There's nothing in here that's like sophisticated or mean, or you know, like it's basically like the old Bugs Bunny cartoons. Like kids love it, but the parents love it too because they get the you know the the the, the jokes about Humphrey Bogart or whoever they're making jokes about. So <laughs> I I created three of these books, and they are you know they're great gifts for adults, but they do work for kids because they kind of explain. Our system, what is freedom? What does it mean to take your government back? What is fake news how How do you combat fake news when people are not representing the truth? What do you do about that? What do you do when people just hate you and uh they're determined to take you down? They don't care how how do we respond to this? You know so in a way, it's like if you have to write something on a kid's level, it forces you. To see it really clearly, like, what are we really saying here? It's important that we celebrate what this uh, president has been able to do and that we are able to make fun of the other side. A lot of times the other side's making fun of us. Like we need to use humor to make fun of the other side so we can we can laugh and, you know really see what is going on. And I really believe humor is a powerful tool. It's always been a powerful tool for me. So the Donald the Caveman series uh, is something that I think will probably continue. So far, we've got three and, you know, they've been doing really well. I'm thrilled.
1: Eric, there's some great characters in the swamp and you teach some great principles in there. Tell us about Madam Miss Speaker.
2: Oh, can I say this? Let me say this is so sick. Yeah. This is so sick. Yeah. There's, there's, there's this like resistance at the, in the third book This resistance. They meet in a cave because they live in the land of the free, but they hate that they want to go back to the swamp because they had these swampy privileges, you know? And so the leader is, um, a woman from San Francisco, but we don't say that in the book and she carries a gavel (laughs) and her name is Madam Miss Speaker. And she, says, like, we've got to do anything we can. And they come up with this Russian salad dressing hoax and say that he's doing everything to make money for the Russian salad dressing companies. And somebody says, but that's not really true, is it? And she says, there is no truth only power. And if you Mm. want power, you have to say whatever you need to say. It's like really, you know, I'm not the first one to come up with this idea, but it's one of the core ideas of Western civilization. You have a choice between truth and power. Which are you going to choose? And I think people need to learn this. Kids, adults need to understand what is at stake. So there's a lot of characters besides there's an AOC figure, there's a Bernie figure. It's like there's a lot of crazy stuff. You You can see if you recognize the figures in the book.
0: Well, we have to take a break for just a moment, but we'll be right back with more here on A View From the Wall. Stay with us.
1: The rapture can happen at any time. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? What will happen to those left behind? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Included in the rapture kit is a Bible and vital information on what the rapture is and how to prepare for what's to come. The rapture kit also includes eight books on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk, and being a watchman for the Lord, plus a number of video and audio teachings all preloaded on an eight gigabyte flash drive. Become more strategic and active in your witnessing. Warn the lost about the coming rapture and help individuals in the post-rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org.
0: Welcome back to a view from the wall. Joe and I have been talking with Eric McTaxis of the Eric McTaxis show. As we've come together for this final segment, we want to address some of the persecution that believers are facing in our own nation when we stand for what is right. So let's talk about this idea of forcing truth underground. Doesn't silence the truth. Tell us what happens when governments or the powerful elite or what Paul calls the unseen spiritual forces of wickedness in high places, try to banish or censor the Christian message.
2: Well, look, We first of all, uh, a lot of poets and artists have said it. Uh, Shakespeare said the truth will out. There is no way in creation that the truth can be suppressed forever. We know we've read the book, the end of the book, truth wins, God wins. The question is, what do we do in the midst of the battle? And there is a battle and we're seeing it. More clearly now than in any of our lifetimes, we've never seen anything like this. I mean, people who lived through Hitler's Germany saw this. People who lived through the killing fields, uh, you know, in Cambodia saw this. But in America, to see these cultural elites, and I went to school with a lot of these folks at places like Yale, they have a totally different view. It's a basically an anti American worldview, an anti freedom worldview and an anti-biblical worldview. And we need to understand these things so we know what we're against. So I wrote about it in my book, If You Can Keep It, if you can keep it as uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin's phrase. Somebody asked him after that they created the Constitution, what have he given us, Dr. Franklin, a monarchy or a republic? He says, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. And it's about the idea that the people, we the people, must know how our government is supposed to work, how we the people are supposed to be the government, we're supposed to make the laws, we're supposed to deputize people, representatives in Congress, in the White House, whatever, to enact our will. We the people uh, are the government. And that's what big government works against. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it begins to say, well, we kind of know better. And, And the people in America, We have not been taught in the last 50 years, since the sixties, we really stopped teaching the basics of civics. We took the Bible out of the schools. We took the idea of virtue and honor. We don't teach those things. We've, we've knocked down all the heroes, whether literally in terms of statues or figuratively in terms of just saying, we're not going to say that Washington was great. We're not going to say, and all of that stuff, if we do not understand these things and we do not fight for that vision, The poor in America will suffer the most. If anybody cares about the poor, if anybody says, oh, I believe Black Lives Matter, well, then you better understand that that organization is a Marxist, anti-American, and ultimately anti-black organization. They care about power just like uh, anybody who is a Marxist. They don't have a, a view of God or a view of it. They, they're atheists, and they basically say it's all about power who's going to have the power us or them and when When you realize that you're fighting against that, you realize this is a battle between good and evil. This is not a battle between two presidential candidates; they're just proxies for something that is going on in the spirit realm and if we don't really understand these things. We will go down the path that many people in history have gone down. The German people in the German church did not understand what was happening, did not listen to the voice of God through the voice of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And all they did was take their eyes off the ball long enough so that the Nazis could take power, could defang the church, sideline the church, and they have been hanging their heads in shame for 80 years because they missed God in a way that was so historic and so horrible. The church in America needs to rise to this moment for God's purposes in history, not just for the United States of America, but because the Lord has chosen this country to be a beacon of freedom for the whole world, not just for America. I mean, we have to preserve it here so that we can spread it with the whole world. There are yes. people in China and North Korea that would dream of having what we have. And we need to be the shining city on a hill that Jesus talks about, that John Winthrop talks about in 1630. That's the whole idea of America is that we're to be that model that people look to, they see that torch of liberty, that shiny city on a hill, and they say what is that? How did they get that? Well, then they find out, oh, it's biblical principles which lead to self-government, which lead to liberty, which means that I govern myself because I answer to the higher authority of God. I don't have to listen to the government. I don't steal because God doesn't want me to steal, not because the government's forcing me not to steal. And it goes on and on and on. And this is the stuff we've not been teaching. Most Christians don't understand it, and I did not understand it till just a few years ago. So when I wrote my book, If You Can Keep It, I, I flipped out. I said, I have to share this with every American. We're going to make a documentary series, but the book is If You Can Keep It. It's very simple, and it has everything in it to understand what these things are, because that's the tragedy. We've not been teaching it. Even Christians don't understand it. So many Christians really don't understand it, and I thought, if if we do not rise to this, if we do not rise Uh, to this uh, not just in terms of how we vote but in terms of everything we lose everything we're we're facing a, a huge battle when we talk about facing an atheist Marxist worldview most people don't even know that Antifa and BLM uh, and and a lot of the, the leftists that have taken over the Democratic Party, that's their worldview. The Democratic Party 34 years ago was a perfectly legitimate party. You might not vote that way, but they were an American party. They, they believe in patriotism. We have come into a new day, and unless people wake up to this and do something about it and learn and understand these things, we deserve what we will get. And I'll tell you, uh, I don't want that. I don't want that. I believe that people will suffer around the world and in this country if if the church doesn't stand up and lead the way. That's the job of the church. That's the job of the people of God. And sometimes the Lord lets us, you know, uh really shakes us up so that we get the message. And I, I tell you, if people aren't getting shook up at this point, they're they're not paying attention. This is a this is a really, really serious moment. And the first thing, of course, we've got to pray and fast. We've got to pray and fast. It's that serious. Uh, many people around the world are looking to us. People in China and North Korea are hoping that someday they might have freedom. And I believe the Lord has chosen America as as the leader in that. And if we abdicate, it's it's as dark as it gets.
1: Eric, you fit the biblical definition of a watchman, and we have many watchmen and women who listen to our program and watch, warn, witness, and seek to finish well in what Paul called the last days. What challenge do you have for our watchmen?
2: Well, number one, uh, you got to pray hard for this country during this time. Pray for this country every day. And number two, you know, as a writer, the reason I write what I write is to arm the saints with information and I don't know what else I can do. I speak and I write. And so I would just ask people humbly, uh, you know, ask your library to carry my books if you don't want to buy them yourself. But if we, if I don't get this information out, uh, there's really, you've got to start there. I didn't know this stuff five years ago. Now I know it. And now I think, Lord, please let people understand the lesson of Bonhoeffer. Let people understand the, the book, If You Can Keep It. Let people understand the lesson of William Wilberforce, who totally changed his time because he was obedient to God. The Lord has given us the game plan. And uh, I have the privilege of, of sharing it in my books and my speeches. People can find me online. Actually, people follow me. You go to Eric And there's a newsletter that goes out every week, but I just, I want to share this stuff because once you get it, you kind of can't help but get excited, but the church, we need to get excited. We need to get going. This is, this is, this is absolutely a crucial time. I do not speak in hyperbole. I wish I were, I wish I were speaking hyperbolically and you could say, Eric, you're full of it, but you know what? I don't think that's the case. I think we need to be, get really serious.
0: Well, this is powerful information. We thank you again for joining us, Eric. I appreciate you being on our program today.
2: My privilege. Thank you, guys. God
0: bless you. And for all those who are listening, we appreciate you being with us today. Take some time to check out our resources at IamAWatchman.com, where you can listen to this program again, as well as our other episodes, and get other resources to encourage you in your faith. Thanks so much for joining us today on A View from the Wall.